You're listening to America's Web Radio Online. Thanks for tuning in. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for tuning in today. And as always, there's quite a bit to talk about. The uh, uh, one thing, though, that I want to start off with, and I found this kind of interesting because I've been trying to follow this all day long, and very little is being said about what's going on in California. Now, I'm going to tell you about San Diego, where there's apparently a lone gunman in, that was involved in a domestic dispute who's holding the police at bay in an apartment, and they've had to close down the airport because uh, he has a very powerful weapon or two and could be shooting at the airport because the apartment's right near there. So there's a big standoff going on. It's been reported on by Fox News uh, every hour. They've been talking about it. There's only been one mention on Fox News, and I don't know about any of the other networks, about an incident at Mercer College in California, which is, I think, about 70 miles south of Sacramento, a small community college where five people were stabbed this morning by an assailant on the campus. Now, that would normally prompt news media to be all over it, but they're not. There's been a casual mention on it. I have been watching all day to see if they've identified who did the stabbing. The, the, the person who did the attacks has been shot by police and killed. No identification of who this person is. So obviously he's not a white supremacist. Well, that would be all over the news. No talk about really the incident at all. The campus is, is safe now, but it was on lockdown, and the classes have been canceled. So what's going on here? Why don't we have the sensationalism that occurs occurred on the campus in Oregon? Well, number one, nobody died. And that's, of course, one of the big draws to the news media. Uh, people being wounded is of little concern. They like to report more sensational stuff when somebody's been killed. But I think one of the main reasons that this is not drawing any real scrutiny is that the liberal media in particular, this doesn't fit their narrative. This doesn't fit their assault on gun owners. The MRA does, is supporting the private ownership of firearms, the Second Amendment to the Constitution. Second Amendment says nothing about knives. So they can't be criticizing the NRA. Obama can't be coming out and demanding that all knives be outlawed. So this is not part of their narrative. This is not part of the political game that they play constantly. And that is to put law-abiding Americans on the defensive whenever some crazy with a gun shoots somebody that law-abiding Americans are blamed, the NRA is blamed, everybody is blamed but the shooter, really, particularly if the shooter happens to, to be some radical Muslim. And, you know, that, that's kind of interesting about this scenario out at Mercer College, too, because I'm real curious to know who this person was and what motivated them. How We've heard a lot about knife attacks lately. 
but they've been in Israel and been by the Palestinians attacking the Israelis with knives. Of course, that's a weapon of choice of ISIS, particularly in their videos, to use knives or machetes to behead somebody. So I'm really interested in this story, but I don't know if it's really going to get covered. And that's the problem we have in this country. We have the national news media, particularly the mainstream media, the left media, shaping the narrative, shaping the political landscape, telling us what they want us to know, not what we need to know necessarily. I mean, that that Republican debate that uh, CNBC sponsored and moderated, that was the most blatant show of media bias I have ever seen. And believe me, I've seen a lot of it over the years. I've been subjected to some of it over the years. The Republicans' candidates were attacked by the moderators. That's all you can really say about it. They were attacked repeatedly by the moderators who used the so-called debate as a platform to support Hillary Clinton openly, to support the Democratic candidate, who it looks like she will be coronated as a Democratic candidate, to support her openly and to attack Republicans. And, of course, President Obama mocks the Republican candidates for saying, well, if they can't handle the moderators, how are they going to handle Putin? Yeah, here's a guy who's doing real well at, at handling Putin. Uh, Putin just is running amok, and Obama is doing nothing. He did violate one of his campaign promises. Uh, we're now sending American troops into Syria. I'm not sure what for. What are they going to do? Who are they going to support? We don't even know who the good guys and the bad guys are in Syria anymore. We don't have intelligence on the ground to find out. We supposedly were going to arm the Syrian moderate opposition to Assad, and we spent millions of dollars, and we ended up with six trained Syrians who immediately disappeared after they received their training. We don't know what happened to them. They probably went over to ISIS. Putin and the Russians are openly supporting Assad, not by bombing ISIS, as Obama has said they would do. And uh, he said, oh, they're, they're here to help us. They're not here to help us. Putin's there to help Putin and to help Russia and to support his ally, Assad, and to support his ally, Iran, that's also in there supporting Assad. So we're sending troops in, American special forces, to do what? I don't know. Have not made clear to me. We're putting our people in harm's way. Because if they are with the so-called moderate opposition to Assad, if that's where our special forces people are going to be, that's who the Russians are bombing. So why send our troops in there to get bombed by the Russians? What is the end game that Obama's playing here? I don't know. 
I don't think any of us know. It all can, conforms to the narrative that Obama ultimately wants to destroy this country. If it means dragging us into a war, he's willing to do that. If it means stealing an election, he's willing to do that. If it means declaring martial law, he's willing to do that. Although he's getting away with whatever he wants without declaring martial law. He has already blatantly violated a federal court order out of Texas that has been upheld by the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals that told the President of the United States and the Department of Homeland Security and the Department of Justice that it was unconstitutional for Obama to declare amnesty unilaterally without going through the Congress and for him to start handing out work permits, green cards, and other perks to people who were here illegally, that he could not do that, that that was a violation of the Constitution. And a court order directly ordered him to stop doing it. He has ignored that court order. He has instructed the Department of Homeland Security to ignore the court order. He's instructed the Department of Justice to ignore it. They are handing out the green cards. They are handing out work permits. They are basically giving illegals all the perks they could ever want. And they're shielding them from being deported, shielding them from even being arrested. Let me tell you what that really means. I'm going to throw a number out to you. 611,000. 611,000. That is the number of crimes that have been documented here in the state of Texas. I'm just talking about Texas. That is the number of crimes that have been committed in the state since Obama took office, or shortly before he took office, from 2008 to 2014, period of six years, illegals in this country have committed 611,000 crimes in the state of Texas. Now, that's just the ones we know about. A lot of these illegals were here under the sanctuary city policy in places like Houston and Austin, Texas, which, by the way, the Governor of the state of Texas, Greg Abbott, has ordered stopped. He has basically said that there will not be any more sanctuary cities allowed in this, this state. Those that are sanctuary cities now must cease and desist. The people of Texas are not going to be subjected to more crime. Now, these 611,000 crimes have been committed. I'm not talking about petty theft. I'm not talking about misdemeanors. I'm talking about those plus a lot of murders, rapes, child abuse, child molestation, armed robberies. Some of these have been committed by people who have been deported two or three or four times and then have been allowed back into the country because we have no control over our borders at this point. Obama has ordered the Border Patrol to basically stand down 
let anybody who wants to come into the country. It doesn't matter what country they're from. It doesn't matter if they're from Somali or Yemen or other states where terrorism is rampant. It doesn't matter if they're gang members, if they got their bodies are openly tattooed with gang tattoos, even if they can they admit to and brag about having murdered people in their own country, they're welcomed by Obama into this country. And they're all being put on the fast track to citizenship. And so they can be registered to vote in next year's election. Fast track to citizenship. That's something else the Obama administration is doing. Basically changing the rules so that people can become citizens much sooner than would ordinarily happen. Let's take our first break now. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. I saw another statistic uh, in the last couple of days uh, that goes along the lines with the 611,000 crimes that have been committed here in Texas. It's now been documented that a lot of people have been released from prison who are illegals and who have served their time for whatever crimes they're committing. And when they are released, they're supposed to be immediately deported back to their country of origin. You heard about Katie's Law, that situation out in California. And by the way, the police chief, or the sheriff out there, was defeated for re-election. The sheriff who ordered the release of the illegal who had been arrested five times, been deported five times, and ended up killing a young woman out in California. 
that sheriff lost his job, thank goodness. But in the meantime, this type of thing has continued to happen around the country because the people who have been released by the Obama administration over the last several years, and I'm talking the last two years, that were guilty of crimes, convicted of crimes, did their time, supposed to be deported, have not been deported. Obama basically stopped doing that, despite the promise that he was going to make sure that that was a top priority. 121 documented murders have been committed by these illegals after they got out of prison. 121 documented murders. Again, begs the question of how many more have been committed that we don't even know about. Unsolved cases out there. Now, we have Obama releasing 6,000 prisoners from our federal prisons, and we don't know who all these people are. We've been told by the national news media, oh, these are just people who were, were guilty of drug possession, there are no violent criminals, there's, there's no problem here. Uh, they're going to be given clemency, they're going to be released because they shouldn't be in prison in the first place. Well, I've done some research on this, and that's not exactly true. Surprise, surprise, we're being lied to by the mainstream media and by the Obama administration. Yes, some of these people are there for possession, possession of, of drugs, but most are there for possession of drugs with the intent to distribute. A lot of them were arrested with firearms, illegal firearms in their possession. Now, why isn't that part of the narrative here? You know, the Obama administration, the liberals in the media are so intent on protecting us from people who legally own firearms, people who are law-abiding citizens who own firearms. Why is there no such concern about now releasing federal prisoners who have been convicted, along with other crimes, of having illegal firearms in their possession or even using them to commit crimes and turning them back on the streets? This has already become a nightmare because there are not enough parole officers out there and no new ones have been assigned to monitor these people. So you got 6,000 known criminals, convicted criminals, that are going to be on the streets in this country and are going to be unmonitored. And I can guarantee you that many of them are going to go back to their old ways of distributing goods committing other crimes. But there's only one big difference here. And by the way, this 6,000 is the first wave. Obama, before he leaves office, is planning on releasing at least eight or 9,000 more. And according to Mark Levine, and I agree with his analysis here, Obama is also going to be planning to grant blanket clemency to all of these people so that they can register to vote in next year's election. 
course, the whole vote registered with Democratic. And that could swing elections in a lot of states. So we got illegals in this country, criminals who have violated our law by being here, who are being allowed to register to vote. I mean, California right now, it's wholesale. They're, they're granting driver's licenses to illegals and then taking them basically to the uh, voter registration uh, office and signing them up to vote, even though federal law prohibits people who are here illegally from being allowed to vote. But guess what? Moonbeam Jerry Brown doesn't believe in the Constitution. Barack Obama doesn't believe in the Constitution. Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, Harry Reid, they don't believe in the Constitution. So they're not going to do anything about this. They're all in favor of this. Now, supposedly, the Republicans in Congress believe in the Constitution. They all took the same oath of office that I did. Of course, the Democrats took it, too. We don't expect the Democrats, unfortunately, to follow their oath. But I do expect the Republicans to do it. And that oath is to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Yet here we have people in this country who are being allowed to violate our laws or being assisted by the federal government and by some state and local governments in violating our laws, and Congress is doing nothing about it. The Republican leadership in Congress, and yeah, when we have a new Speaker of the House, I haven't heard him say anything about this, about the release of all these, these prisoners back into our streets. Oh, and by the way, and here's something else that Obama has done that been under the radar. He has signed an executive order ordering that all federal agencies, and I assume this includes the military, have to remove from their job application any reference to having been convicted of a crime. They can no longer ask people who are signing an application, filling out an application to be employed by the federal government, whether or not they've ever been convicted of a crime. Now they say, well, listen, this is just, you know, we'll still do background checks, but we'll do that down the road. We don't want people to not be able to get jobs. Interesting that this coincides with the release of 6,000 prisoners from federal jails around the country. Now, all of a sudden, these 6,000, if they want to work, which most of them won't, if they want to work, they can go apply for a federal job, and they do not have to tell their prospective employee or employer that they just got out of jail or that they were convicted of a felony. What does this mean for the military? Well, it basically means that if someone comes and applies to join the military, and I assume this is going to be the case because the order seems to be a blanket order, and they want to fill out an application to join the military, they cannot be asked if they've ever been convicted of a crime. That means we can have people from other countries joining our military. And by the way, Obama's pushing that. He's pushing for illegals to enlist in our military. At the same time, he's forcing out thousands of our troops, forcing them out of the military because of the budget cuts 
these are the people who took the oath of office. These are the people who are loyal to their country. And now the new people that are being allowed to, to sign up and are being encouraged to sign up have no loyalty to this country. Did you know, for, for as a matter of fact, that when new people are made citizens, when naturalized citizens are sworn into this country, they no longer, and this again is an Obama order, they no longer have to swear that they will defend the United States of America, that they will defend their, this country and our Constitution. That has always been part, at least as far as I can remember and as far as I know, always been part of the oath that you took when you became a naturalized citizen, that you would participate in the defense of this country. Either as a combatant or in a non-combatant capacity, but you would defend this country, and you swore an oath to do that. That is no longer required under the Obama administration. So it's no longer required that you become a naturalized citizen by taking an oath to this country, to defend this country. You can no longer be asked if you apply for a job with the federal government whether or not you've ever been convicted of a crime. And now Obama is moving to grant clemency to more and more prisoners and to allow them to vote. If you've been convicted of a felony in this country, you're not allowed to vote. You're not allowed to own a firearm. But it seems the only people right now who are being denied the right to keep and bear arms in the United States are veterans and Social Security recipients. And by the way, Social Security is now become a major issue, but most people don't know about it because, again, all of this is under the radar. When Congress passed a budget deal the other day, get the government running for the next two years. It basically looted the Social Security Trust Fund in order to provide more money for pet programs. I'm sure that you know Obama wanted this done because he needs more money to take care of the illegals coming into the country, to provide them free food, free medical care, free housing, free toys for their children, free laptop computers, free education. All this needs to be funded. So Obama needs more money for that. So the leadership, Republican leadership in the House and the Senate, apparently readily granted that to Obama. And they did it by taking money away from people who are going to be receiving Social Security down the road. Now, I get, I get a Social Security check every month. I'm not going to be affected. Nobody else out there is going to be affected that's already getting their Social Security. But a lot of people who are about to get on Social Security are going to be affected. A lot of widows and widowers out there who are relying, will be relying on money from the federal government that would have gone to their spouse to see spouse to help them with the family bills, that's going to go away. You're not going to be able to collect that amount of money anymore. That's been eliminated, as I understand it. All of this has been happening under the radar. Let's take our second break. Who is or what is USJF? 
It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. In addition to the illegals that have been allowed in this country by Obama uh, for years, people crossing our border and being given everything they want, basically, and being allowed to take over American jobs when they want to work. If they don't want to work, they don't have to work. Uh, they get they get money from the government. Well, that, yeah, that's interesting too. Illegals now have been granted free li- green light by the Obama administration to start collecting Social Security or Social Security disability, even if they have never paid taxes, have never paid into the system. They are allowed to take money out of the system that you and I have put in there. And now on top of all this, Obama has announced that we're going to accept next year 100,000 refugees from Syria. They're just going to be flown into this country or brought into this country, dumped on cities and towns around the country. There's going to be no vetting of them we're not going to know who they are or actually even where they're from because right now Syrian passports, four Syrian passports are a dime a dozen over in Syria, Libya, and other countries. The government, the Syrian government, is making money for itself by issuing these, handing out these passports to be resold to people. They're estimating that in some cases, like in Germany, only about 20 to 30 percent of the people in Germany as refugees are actually from Syria. 
many of them claim to be from Syria that are not. But they're not really from Syria. So we're going to have all these people coming in from Yemen, Somalia, Iran, Iraq. Who knows? And they're not going to be vetted. They're going to be dumped in our cities and towns. And they're going to expect to be taken care of. Why do you think all these refugees are struggling to get to places like Germany? Because that's where the best welfare systems are in Germany. Now, Merkel, the German prime minister, is, is saying that, well, we have an aging population that is receiving retirement benefits, and we don't have enough young people working to pay for that. So these refugees will come in, and they will take jobs, and they will help pay for the elderly. Big problem. From what I'm hearing inside Germany is that most of these people that are showing up, and these are, you know, you hear about the, the poor children who are drowning in route and, and you know, how desperate these children are. Well, to begin with, 80 to 90% of the refugees are not women or children. They are Islamic men, Muslim men between the ages of 18 and 45. And they are not coming in looking for jobs. They are coming in demanding that they be taken care of, that they put in the welfare system. They're objecting to the quality of the housing they're being given. They're objecting to the quality of the food. And they want to immediately turn Germany into a state run by Sharia law. The Muslims already in Germany were petitioning earlier this year that Oktoberfest be banned in Germany because it offended the Muslim population. They didn't like the idea of people being able to consume alcohol. They did not like the idea of women being scantily clad in their costumes. So they wanted it to be outlawed. We've got Muslims in this country who object to everything in this country and want Sharia law. It's been tried in Texas. They established Sharia tribunals in Fort Worth. And the mayor said, no, you're not going to do that here. We're not going to allow Sharia law to take over. But that's what's happening in other countries around the world. So here's the scenario. We're going to allow 100,000 refugees from where we don't know to come into this country to be put on a welfare system to be taken care of. If they want to work, to take jobs, they can take jobs away from our American citizens. If they want to work for the federal government, they can go and fill out a job application and where it says... Have you ever been committed or convicted of a crime? That no longer will be on there. And that's what they tell the truth anyway. And they're going to be put on a fast track to citizenship so they can vote for Hillary Clinton next November. Where 
are the Republicans. But there were elections yesterday, and, and a lot of things happened that were very interesting. The American people seem to be continuously repudiating the Obama administration, the Democrats, and a lot of what they stand for. In Houston, Texas, the, uh, an ordinance had been passed by the city council months ago that basically outlawed Christianity, outlawed any opposition by anybody to same-sex marriage, and ordered that anybody who claimed to be transgender could use any bathroom they wanted to. Men could go into women's bathrooms, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It was a very discriminatory law that claimed to be put into outlaw discrimination. Well, it was challenged by a group of pastors, one of whom was involved with this group. I'm on his show regularly. It's Pastor Greg Young. If you live in around the Kerrville, San Antonio area in, in Texas, you need to listen to his show. He also his show is rebroadcast at uh, noon every day uh, on uh, in Philadelphia, or maybe not every every day, but I think Monday. But he's on every day here in Texas, Pastor Greg Young, and uh, they were involved in this. Well, they started getting a petition to put this on the ballot. So the people at Houston could decide whether or not they wanted all this to happen. And they needed 17,000 signatures to get it on the ballot. They got 55,000. While they were doing this, the pastors were being harassed. The mayor, female mayor, a lesbian of Houston, subpoenaed, had the city attorney subpoena, these sermons of these pastors wanting to look at the sermons to see if they had been politically correct or if they had said something negative about same-sex marriage. In which case, I guess they were going to prosecute them for free speech. Well, that was defeated in the courts. The courts said, no, you can't do that. But in the meantime, these 55,000 signatures, all but 15,000 of them were thrown out by the city, saying they were not legal signatures. No reason given. So there were not enough signatures, according to the city, to put this on the ballot. Well, a suit was filed, and the state Supreme Court looked at it and said, wait a minute. They're entitled to have this on the ballot. They had enough signatures. They have you can put it on the ballot, and you cannot continue to harass the people who are pushing to defeat this ordinance. Well, the ordinance yesterday went down into resounding defeat. Sixty percent of the people of Houston voted against it. A major defeat for the left, a major defeat for the gay, lesbian, whatever they are groups. In Ohio, a state that has generally been a blue state for the last few years, the Ohio voters defeated a constitutional amendment to authorize, to legalize marijuana. 
in Kentucky. There had been one Republican governor of Kentucky in the last 48 years. A Republican was elected governor yesterday. Interestingly enough, and this brings into question the polling methods and reliability of the polls being used around this country, and I'm as guilty as anybody. I'm always looking at the polls to see which candidates are leading and how close they are to other candidates, et cetera, et cetera. But I've been suspicious for a long time about the polls. And uh, to begin with, I've been around quite a while. And nobody's ever called me to ask me who I was going to vote for. Now, yeah, as a Republican, you know, registered Republican, I've been called by uh, Republican candidates to try to urge me to vote for them in the uh, uh, primaries. But as far as an actual poll, <laughs> excuse me, calling me up and saying, how are you going to vote? That's never happened. And I don't know of anybody who's ever had it happen to them. But anyway, the polls, there were three polls taken in the Kentucky governor's race. One of them showed the Republican being 11 points behind. The other two showed the race being a little bit closer, but it showed the Republican being defeated. The Republican candidate won by six points. The moral of that story is don't pay that much attention to what the polls are saying because they're being rigged. I'm not sure who's being contacted. People can lie to the pollsters. The whole thing is, you know, to me, has always been suspect. It's even more suspect now. talk about political correctness next because that's part of what's going on in this country is becoming so dangerous is the political correctness it's being used to hammer our freedoms excuse me freedom of religion freedom of the press freedom of speech all being subjected to the standards of political correctness that are put on us by the liberals. So let's take our final break now. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. 
Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. As I said before the break, in this final segment, we're going to talk about political correctness. And, by the way, if you want to find out more about the topics I talk about on this show, more that I've got to say on these and other topics involving the Constitution, go to my website, please, and read my blog. It's Michael Connolly, C-O-N-N-E-L-O-Y, dot jigsy, J-I-G-S-Y, dot com. You can go there and you can read the blog articles I've written, and you know I try to put up at least a couple every month. I'm not going to inundate you with blog articles. And, but if you want to email me and tell me to put you on the list, I have a private email list that I use that nobody else has access to. I don't do forwards. You will get simple notice from me every time I post a new article on my blog. And that's basically what you'll get from me through that email. So, again, it's michaelconnolly.jigsy.com. And you can also contact me through the website, usjf.net, the United States Justice Foundation, or contact me directly, particularly if you're a veteran and you're being having problems with the VA, whether or not they're trying, whether they're trying to take your guns away from you or deny you medical treatment, uh, email me at michael at usjfmail at usjf, the United States Justice Foundation, usjfmail.net because we are representing veterans for free. We are doing everything we can to protect veterans, to protect our Second Amendment rights, and to keep them from being denied their Fifth Amendment rights and their Fourth Amendment rights. Doing everything we can for our veterans. I'm a veteran. I have two sons currently on active duty in the military. I've written a book about my father's unit during World War II, which has become a, a very top seller on Amazon and other places called The Mortarman. You can also go to the website and find out about that and the other books I've written, including Alma Yaley, A Story of America, which is a patriotic novel, and uh, which the left hates. They're, they're attacking it on Amazon all the time. You can get both The Mortarman and Alma Yaley through Amazon or Barnes & Noble as either a paperback or an e-book. And right now they're both on sale. So you can go there. You can, if you want a signed copy, an autographed copy, you can order them through my website. Remember, these make good Christmas gifts. 
And a lot of people, we sold a lot of these books over the years uh, to uh, people that have given them out for gifts. But go to my website and see what's, what's going on there. Read my blog, and I'll try to keep you informed as much as I can through this radio show and through my blog about the constitutional issues we're facing. And, of course, we're getting inundated with them. We're getting overrun with constitutional issues. And a prime example of this occurred again here in Texas. In fact, we've had several incidents recently in Texas that have been very disturbing to me. Uh, we had an incident in uh, Irving, Texas, where two young girls who were students at one of the schools were given by their father, who was an Air Force veteran, given jackets that had the Air Force symbol on the back. Or actually, they were hoodies that had the Air Force symbol on the back. They were sent home by the school saying that they could not wear those at school. The school came up with all kinds of weird reasons for this. The symbols were too big, et cetera, et cetera. But they were basically denying these children the right to free speech and the right to be proud of their dad in the military. Then we have a case in Oregon where a student was expelled from school for wearing a T-shirt honoring our fallen members of the military. The shirt, for many of you that have seen the statues or seen the pictures of our military, when they lose somebody overseas, they honor them by sticking their rifle into the ground, barrel first or bayonet first, putting their helmet on top and putting their boots, empty boots, down at the base. And you've seen pictures of soldiers kneeling in front of those makeshift monuments to honor their fallen comrades. This young man had a T-shirt that basically said, stand for those who stand for us. And was honoring the fallen American heroes. And it showed the rifle with the helmet on it and the boots. And he was told he had to take the shirt off. Why? Because it was politically incorrect. It had a firearm on it. That was violent. That was dangerous. That was politically incorrect. How dare you wear something that has a firearm on it, even if it's to honor American soldiers. Let's go back to Texas now. You may have heard about this incident, and this happened in Katy, Texas, which is, by the way, a suburb of Houston. And Houston is, boy, they, <clears throat> thank God the voters in Houston are finally starting to stand up to their leadership because they have a mayor down there who has declared Houston to be a sanctuary city, is openly allowing, and Houston, the crime rate is getting horrific in Houston, because of crimes being committed by illegals who are not being deported because the mayor won't allow them to be deported. And, of course, you had the incident involving the election yesterday where the citizens of Houston voted down an unconstitutional prohibition against basically saying anything negative about gay marriage 
or exercising free speech or exercising freedom of religion, and which was aimed at basically shutting down free speech. Hello? This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on America's WebRadio.com. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government as well as those involved in legal cases have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. Ladies and gentlemen, we had uh, another phone call come in from somewhere that sort of shut me down for a minute. And uh, so we're back now, just finished wrap up. I was talking about the situation in Texas, in, in Katy, Texas, which is right outside of Houston. And you may have seen this on the news or heard about it, but we had a young girl, a seventh grader. She and her class were subjected to intimidation by a female teacher who basically wanted them to justify their belief in God, and, but wouldn't let them do it. Wouldn't let them cite the Bible, wouldn't let them cite Scripture, uh, wouldn't let them talk about prayers. Basically, this teacher told them that they had to deny to admit to the teacher in front of their class 
that God was a myth, that God did not exist. And they had to admit that to the teacher, or the teacher told them they would get an F. They would get a failing grade. This young lady objected to this and tried to argue with the teacher. And the teacher was adamant. You have no freedom of speech. You have no freedom of religion. You have no right to believe anything that I don't want you to believe. That's the liberal mantra. Mantra. That's what they're doing, and that's what they're doing to our children in the schools. Believe what we want you to believe, or shut up. That's what the Obama administration does. That's what our Justice Department does. That's what the left-wing media does. And that's what they did to this young girl. And she had the courage to go before the school board and tell them exactly what had happened. Now, I'm waiting to hear what the school board is going to do here. Because if they're allowing teachers in public schools to tell students that their belief in God is grounds for them being given a failing grade, whether it's on a test or an oral examination or for an entire course, then we need to file a lawsuit there. And that's the type of thing the United States Justice Foundation does. If you want to contribute to the Justice Foundation and support us, go to usjf.net. If you're a veteran, you need to contact me. Contact me at Michael at usjfmail.net. You can also visit my website, www.michaelconnelly.com. And please encourage other people to listen to this show. And thank you for having me on. I'll talk to you again next week. You're listening to America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.